0: And I think uh, it is, uh, we give justice to this one by going to the most popular verse in the Bible. Uh, Which is the most popular verse of the Bible? I'm going to take it to school tonight. Uh, So what is the most popular verse in the Bible? He's going to, I give you a, what is it? John John 3.16, all right, okay. I have a gift for you. (laughs) Uh, It was good, John 3.16. So let's go to John 3.16 tonight. You know, we're going to look, if you look at John 3.16, you see the gospel in one verse right there, the whole gospel in one verse. John 3.16, I have to say, without shadow of a doubt, it's probably the most popular, the most the most known verse in the Bible. You see John 3.16 in ballparks, you see him in trucks, you see him in in 18 wheels, you see John 3.16. If you travel to the roads of America, you see that sign in many cars, and you, you, it reminds you. You know, you know exactly what that is. Uh, many times I travel, and I see that sign, John 3.16. You know, your mind goes to the Bible and the Word of God. That is a tremendous verse. Let's look at it. Look what it says. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the wonderful gift of salvation. Lord, we cannot earn anything. It's given from the hands of a loving God. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that one day we will be with you in your heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So tonight's message is, For God so loved the world. So our world is full of messengers, right? Our world is full of messengers. Actually, there are all types of people that want you to listen to their message tonight. Everybody has a message to give. Everybody wants to give a message. Everybody wants to talk about something. You know, sometimes in the middle of a conversation, somebody interrupts you and you go, Oh, hear me, hear me. And they try to get their voice across and you go, Can you stop being that rude? <laughs> that I'm talking here. <laughs> Oh, my job is famous for that. You're talking with someone someone comes right across and talk with the other person that you were talking with. You go, Oh, excuse me, I am talking here. but can, you, can I you know finish my conversation? Oh, you were talking I didn't know you were talking. <laughs> so everybody has a message. Everybody wants to get their voice heard. so it seems that everyone has something to say to us today. Everyone wants us to lend them, uh, le- uh, us to lend them our ears so they can fill our our mind, what they think, or their ideas. And you know, sometimes, let me tell you folks, there are a lot of voices in our world, but we can't listen to everybody. Right. There are a lot of wrong voices in our world out there. Right. Don't listen to everybody out there. We have to be, have enough wisdom and discernment to say, oh, I ain't going to listen to that one. Right. So the news media wants you to hear them. Oh, the media. Okay. <laughs> Politicians, At this time of the year, they want, they want you to hear them. Everybody, you know, you know, you know, I, you know, one time I don't like to tell po- politics, but I got to share this one. So I went voting on, on the election night, last election, election night. So in my hometown, this guy's been there for 20 some years, whatever he is. And he, he I, I saw his, I knew his name right immediately. And, uh, and I approach, I am, I'm going to the, to the school where we were voting, and he, he stops me. I don't know if my wife remembers that. And he goes, you know, uh, uh, uh vote for me vote for me and i said all right okay how do you know who i'm going to vote for he said he goes to me we need a change we need a change you remember that i look at him i said oh yes we need a change you're going out <laughs> <laughs> you're going out you've been there for 24 years you didn't do anything yet you know like okay we're gonna need a change i'm voting against you <laughs> you got quiet poor guy but anyway that was so good <laughs> all right i don't talk no more about politicians okay so so politicians want you to hear them. Advertisers want you to hear. Telemarketing, they want you to hear. That's why they call you all the time. Your children want wants you to hear them. Your spouse wants, to hear, wants you to hear them as well. Your boss wants you to hear. Even the most corrupt people in the face of the earth want you to hear them. They want you to hear their words, their opinions, and things that you are not interested on. You know, sometimes you know people blah 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 blah, and after a little while they go, "Oh, you're not listening to me." I you go, know, "Oh, really? No, I'm not. <laughs> and I have no interest in what you're saying." <laughs> oh, I got a guy in my job. His name was Grumpy. <laughs> I love Grumpy. He, I I think he likes me. I don't know, but sometimes Grumpy goes, "Oh, you're not listening to me." That's how he talks. <laughs> I like I like. No, I was not. You know, you are angry over there, saying all kinds of nonsense. I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> well, was that yesterday? Yesterday, Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he came in Saturday. It was a Friday, Saturday morning. He, uh, he passes by me and he says, good morning. <laughs> it surprised me to no end. I was like, oh, he said good morning. <laughs> he never says good morning. Sometimes I say to him, good morning, he says, so what? It's another day. Some people have a sense of humor, don't they? No, you can't have a sense of humor with him or you can just get upset with him. Anyway, so, so even the most corrupt people in the face of the earth want you to hear them. So they want you to hear their words, their opinions, their, you know, all those things. So, well, what about God? God wants you to hear him too. That's right. Oh, yes, he does. We hear all these people in this world. What about God? You know, through the centuries to this very day, God wants people to hear Him. God has the words of life. And He wants you to hear Him. You're on social media. You might never go to church or anything, just by curiosity, just kind of tune in and and listen to watch us. Let me tell you this. God wants, has a message for you. God wants to talk to you. Are you listening to the voice of God? You see, God has a message, a message that requires Full attention, because it is a message that will change your life and my life for the better. In this passage, the Lord brings uh, the Lord Jesus brings us an important message from God the Father. He tells us something we really need to listen today, because by listening, it will benefit us. You can close your ears if you want to ignore it. Everything about this message, but I advise you to pay close attention because this message tonight, it goes to the Christians and non-Christians. All right, so you ready for that? Let's look at this message tonight. As we look at John 3.16, I heard so many preachers on John 3.16, but God put this message in my heart, and I'm going to deliver it to you. Number one is a message of love. Look what it says, For God so loved the world. You see that? Folks, let me tell you this. In no doubt in my mind that our God is a loving God. He loves you. I mean, you know what? There's no person on this earth that can say, well, nobody cares about me, nobody loves me. That is a lie, and they lie to themselves. God is a God of love, and He loves us. He's a loving God. They tell you what, you know what? He loves His children even more. Let me put it this way. All right. Let me put it this way. Those of us who are parents here, all right, let's say, for an example, is your kid over here, and you melt over your kids. Let's say there's another kid here that is different. You love that child too. I believe you do, but you melt for your kid. Why is that? Because it's yours. God loves his creation, loves every human being, but he loves his children with a deep love that we don't understand. You follow that? So, God is a God of love and he loves us, but he loves his children with a deep love that we ourselves don't understand. But he loves those who are lost as well. So, it is a message of love. The message that God has for his children is not a message of judgment, neither of anger, but a message of love. Some people think that God is a God upstairs They go, you did wrong. Oh, I love you, but you did right. No, that's not the way God acts. You can make God that way in your mind if you want, but that's not the God of the Bible. His love for each one of us is the cause of His message. He created us with a deep, eternal love, and He wants to redeem you and me. Why? Because He loves us. Why did Jesus left heaven to come and hang on a cross? You know what? Calvary displays the greatest love that you and I can have experienced, the love of God. No one can really truly say these, those words, nobody loves me. No one is unloved, neither will die unloved. We can reject God's love towards us the same way we can reject the love of people in our lives. You know what? You know, you can come to me and say, I love you, and I can say to you, I don't love you. Right? Is that a choice? I can say, I don't love you. Well, but I love you. You know what? God is like that. God says to you and me, I love you and you. And you know what? There are many people that don't love God. They have not a a not a drip of love for God. They don't. But you know what? But that doesn't stop God from loving them. You see the deep love of God? It doesn't stop God from loving them. God made in, in, in eternity past all the way to today he made that choice to love His creation. And He loves us. So you see, uh, we can go through the life continually rejecting God's love towards us, but that doesn't change the fact that that the one who created you, loves you. Now, letter A, the source of God's love. The love offered by God comes from a loving God whom is... His very nature is love. Actually, it is one of his moral attributes. You cannot see God outside of love. For everything He does is motivated by love. So when the snow comes, He's motivated by God's love, even though we don't like it. Snow comes and we complain. I gotta shovel that driveway. You know, I gotta clean my car. I gotta drive in a foot of snow. When the rain comes, yeah, listen, for everything in life, rain, sun, humidity, heat, heat, you know, cold, is always a complainer. Oh, you got that? There's so always a complainer for everyday life. Yeah, you know, tomorrow it will be a little chilly. Somebody, I, I, I Believe me, we walk out of work and somebody goes, like, oh, it's so cold outside. I hate the sweat. <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs> So the source of God's love, everything he does is motivated by love. Look what it says, actually, in John chapter 1, 1 John John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. I'm sorry, for God is love. So no human love can compare to it. Human love. Love is often selfish many times and is usually given out on the basics of what I can hope to receive in return. Listen, folks, don't misunderstand me here because there are many people that love and just give, give, give out of their love. Many people like that. But I'm talking to me generally speaking, a lot of people love in a selfish way. Look in our world today the way people say they love you. So God's love is not like that at all. His love is always pure. He's always holy. He's always seeking what is best for, its object, the, for the object he loves. His love is, is freely given to all without any strings attached in, 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 or any desire or a hope or desire for anything in return. God loves us in spite of if we uh, return our love back to him or not. That's why everybody in this world is loved by God, even though some of them hate God. Many of them do. As love is never ending, Jeremiah 31.3. As love is always given, 1 John 4.19. As love is precious beyond human words. Let it be the depth of his love. We see this in Romans, uh, uh, verse 16. It's so all Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. We are told that God so loved the world. No, folks, don't put the planet here, all right? It's not the planet that the, the, the verse is talking about. He's talking about humanity. Don't think that oh, God so loved the planet. And the planet is just rocks and, 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 and water and, and all kinds of stuff. No, no. He so loved the world means you and me. So the little words so indicates the deep or the depth of his love. It signifies that they are not enough words in the English language or any other language to explain the depths, the height, and the length of God's love. How much. The word so means in 1 John 3:16, the wisdom of man can never reason out, the tongue of man can never uh, tell the depth of God's love. Only eternity, listen to this, will tell us the depth of God's love. You and I can never comprehend. We can say to people, "Oh, God loves you." All right. But we do really don't understand the depth of God's love. Listen, folks. We might understand this. We know the story for the Lord to take the form of a man, leave heaven, come to this world. Be spit on the face, be hit, and be his body was just a mass of flesh, and he hanging on the cross for what? It's all love, Amen. the love of God. Right. So the depth of His love, you see, it, it, it is a depth of love that that motivated Him to send His love, a Son to die for the lost. Is uh, is oncoming love. This is the this is God's love. Notice the object of love uh, of God's love, uh, great love is the world. It means us. By its definition, this love is no ordinary love. It is a special love that seeks to give Himself away on behalf of others. God's love for the world motivates Him to be crucified on a cross to redeem mankind of his lost condition. So if, let me put it this way: regardless of the curveballs life may have delivered to you, you need to know today or tonight that God loves you. You you might have been a wreck at one time. You might have been the worst person at one time. Your past might be full of all kinds of nonsense. But let me tell you, God loves you in spite of it. If you are unsaved and still on your sins, remember God loves you. If you are saved, let me remind you that you are loved by God. Let me put it this way. The greatest thought to grip the human mind is this. You ready? God loves me. That's the greatest thought. To To just grab the human mind is like, God, the creator of everything, loves me. The second greatest thought is this: there is nothing I can do to make him stop loving me. You get that? Mm-hmm. I can say to God, don't love me anymore. I don't want to you know what? It doesn't help. He's not going to stop loving you. As mercy I knew every morning, and God says, "You foolish child, I love you. I know you're seeing those things because you're hurting, but I love you. The next day you get up and I love you. And he reminds you by sending a little rain sometimes, a little snow, maybe a bird, you know, maybe a friend come to the door, whatever. He reminds us. You know what the problem is? We're not sensitive enough a lot of times to see the love of God. Look what it says. Actually, go to Romans chapter 8. Look what Paul says about the subject in Romans chapter 8. Because Paul came to that conclusion too. And Paul describes for us the depth of God's love because you know what? He understood for himself, even though he tried to explain it to us in human terms. Look what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 38. Look what it says. Look what it says. For I am what? I'll let you go there. I- I- I'll wait for you. I want you to see because this is, this is good. This is good stuff. Look what it says. It says, For I am what? persuaded, you know, like, you know, there's no doubt about it, I know. Look what it says, that neither death, no life, no angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come, no height, no death, no any other creature. Look what it says, shall be able to separate us from what? The love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, Paul says right here, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that's going to separate me from the love of God. Mean I can walk away and say, God, I don't love you anymore. God says, okay, I'll follow you because I love you. (laughs) That's the love of God. So we can choose not to love God, but that doesn't mean that God will stop loving you. Wow. Number two, we see a gift of love. He says, he gave us only begotten son. We must understand that man who's created sinless by the hands of a loving God. Man created was created with a free will. And it was man who made the choice to go on his own way by sinning against God. God did never turn his back on mankind. You follow that? He never turned his back on mankind and said, well, I'm going to forget you. It was mankind that turned his back on God. Because God said, you know, with everything out of the garden... You can do it and you can eat, do whatever, but do not eat of that. Do not touch that. You know what men did? Exactly that. The men went right to what God says not to. You know what? When he did that, he turned his back on God. Where was Adam when Eve was tempted? I don't think he was very far away. It didn't take much for Eve to convince him to get to fruit as well what was him when eve was tempted by the serpent was he listening to we don't know we see the gift right here so but god did not left men by his own self even though man turned his back on God. god never turned his back on man and god made a promise to mankind i will send the messiah i will send someone to save you from your Aren't you glad? You know that song, All oh, Love That Never Let Me Go? That is a great, powerful song. You know what? Sometimes we can go in the ways of this world, but God is always trying to grab us back, grab us back. You know, the, we say the story of the prodigal son. When that son left home, that father never left that door, always looking down the street for that son to return home. That's the heart of a loving father. And when he came back, here's one thing about, according to Jewish tradition, a man would not run in those days. You know what? What happened to that father? He ran, and he hugged his son, and he kissed his son. You know, and he told the other son, when he was mad, he said, he was dead. I mean, not physically dead. That's not what he's trying to say. He was like, he was a mess. He was destroying himself. He's alive. He came home. It's a time for celebration. You know, may may we see that in the house of God. When someone goes in the ways, and and instead of us to criticize, and when they return home, we embrace them and say, welcome home. The gift of love. When Adam sinned against God, he lost paradise, and he was forced out because of a sinful condition. But God gave him this wonderful promise of a gift that would be down the line he would reap because God promised a Messiah. Letter A, we see, it was a costly gift. The true value of love lies in what love is willing to give to the object it loves. You see, God's love was love was never, I'm sorry, was never. Uh, 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 God's love was and never will be self-centered. His love does not just sit quietly by. by uh, why a man drop into, into hell, I'm sorry, is love promptly uh, prompt him to do something for the creation that he loves. Ma- uh, m- uh, many, uh, 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 many love like the... I don't know what I wrote here, but anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> many lo- uh, uh, love like the man you called his girlfriend and said, Darling, I love you. I will cross the burning sands for you. I will fight a jungle uh, full of lions for you. I will, I will bravely uh, do anything for you. And, and if, if it does rain uh, tonight, I will come over in the rain as well, anyway. But God's love is not just like that. But it's full of, is, is full display of, of, of grace and mercy towards us. The death of Jesus Christ for sinners is the greatest and most visible and the absolute final words concerning God's love for humanity. If people say, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, stop saying that. Look at Calvary. And you will see there the love of God. You know what? Because if we look at Calvary and say, he did that for me. It's much different than say, oh, he died for the sins of mankind. No, for me. My sin caused him to go to that cross. My sin caused him to die for for me because he loves me that much. Look what it says in John 15, 3. It says, Greater love had no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends and First John 4 9 says and this was manifest the love of God towards us because God sent his son as only be God's son into the world that he might live through him in verse 10 it says we are in love not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin and look what it says in Romans 5 8 but God commanded his love towards us and then why were we yet sinners Christ died us let it be it was a perfect gift you see when it comes to redemption from our sin not any sacrifice will do that's why people say oh I'm a member of this church I've been baptized here I do this I do that you know what it amounts to nothing it amounts to nothing it was a perfect gift it was the gift that came from the hands of a loving perfect holy God many people have the idea or believe that that being religious and being a good person Or doing good sacrifices will access us to heaven. Listen, it is good to do good to humanity. Isn't that good? It's good to help those who I need. Of course course it is good. But if you have that to go to heaven, you never make it there. We don't go to heaven because we do good deeds. We work, we do good deeds because we are saved. And we are the children of God. And you know, by doing that, we show in the light of Christ, we show the love of Christ towards others. And you say, you know, God loves me that much. I can love you and give something to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. That's why we say, you know, when we are helping the food pantry, we give those things in the name of Jesus. Now, that, that's not our name. The question is, what is what, that, if that was true, why did Jesus, if, you know, if, if we go to heaven by good works and all, all that stuff, why did Jesus was crucified for us? So people could make a good movie, a good story, write stories about it. No, no, no. It was a purpose. God's love. God's love for me and you. Let, let number two, number three. It was a specific gift. There is. Uh, there are many, many people. I'm sorry. There, are, there were many, many people's ideas about gaining heaven Well, for short these days. The Bible clearly teaches in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he give his only begotten son. So today we live in a day and age like this. No matter what you believe, no matter where you go, as long as you're sincere, God loves you and you go to heaven. I tell you folks, there's no way in the Bible you find such a thing. Right. That is people lying to themselves or so trying to make themselves feel good. Let's be truthful here. You know, the Bible teaches it's through Jesus Christ alone that we can get to heaven. So today is like you know, no matter what you do, what you know, what do you want, and no matter what kind of belief you have in your head, you you're sincere. And God understands that. No, 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 no. It was a specific gift for a specific cause. What was the cause? Sin. What was the cause? Men needed redemption. What was the cause? God loves you and me. It was a cause. That's why Jesus came. So it is a specific gift who is only found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said to me, I was a witness to them, and he said to me, you tell me I only go to heaven if I believe in Jesus. I said, yes. Oh, that's too narrow. I mean, I don't accept that. I was like, well, why don't you argue with him? Tell him about it. He's the one who did it, not me. I'm just a messenger. it right. is the truth? What are you going to do? Listen, first, let me put it like this. Okay, we're Christian here tonight. You're going to change your message because somebody don't agree with you? Of course not. He said, listen, this is what God says. You know, and, and you know, it's, listen, don't make, you, don't make yourself feel guilty. That, be, that is your fault. It's not your fault. You're just a messenger. That's right. The Lord gives you the message. We take it. You know, it's up to people to take or receive it. Listen, folks, the Bible does not try to defend itself or itself. The Bible doesn't try to make an argument for people to believe it. You either do or you don't. It's God's message to the world. You know, if you want salvation, it's his salvation. If you want to know God, it's here. If you want to know his character, it's here. If you don't know, you want to know how much God loves you, it's here. It's all here. We need to do believe. That's it. It's a believe. Yeah, believe. Like I believe. <laughs> You know, I choose to believe. You choose to believe. That's how it is. If you choose not to believe, that is your choice. You know what? And you reap the consequences of your, choice, of your choices in the end. So it is a free gift. Oh, goodness. You know that wonderful that God's salvation is free? True love, listen to this. True love never, never comes with a price tag attached to it. Neither neither does a free gift because, let me explain to you, the moment you put a price tag on a gift, it stops from being a gift. It becomes a purchase. Many people have the mistaken idea that they have to do all kinds of things to buy God's favor. So maybe someday, somehow, they go to heaven. They live their lives in the I hope so attitude because, frankly speaking, if salvation is is by own efforts, how many works or how many goods I have to do. So I'm going to get, like people believe, get the scale. All right, oh, oh, here's my goods, Oh, here's my bads. All right, so I'm going to put more goods in here, so my bads, you know. You're going to live your life on uncertainty. First of all, you don't see the scale. Second of all, who are you to know if your goods are goods? You don't know. Only God knows because he's the judge. So they live life on Oh, I think I'm going to heaven because oh, I've done all these things. Really? Isn't a publican that went to the, church, to the church and told God how good he was? I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And Jesus talked about it because he was very impressed. <laughs> it was all pride, wasn't it? So it is a free gift. It is a gift that comes from the hands of a loving God. Look what Ephesians says. Ephesians 2 1 says, And you had be quickened who were dead in trespasses and what? Sins. You see, you and I can never pay, neither, neither we need to pay for it because it's already been paid in full. When Jesus said in that cross, It is finished. You know what he tell you and me? You don't have to do anything. I paid it all. Right. It's paid in full. Right. Why in the world I try to pay for something that's already been paid for? I like you know. I'll put it like this. All right, so, <laughs> so I, I'm in a restaurant, and you let's like, say you say, you, like, you sit like like three tables away from me, and I tell the waitress, "Like you know what, that table over there, whatever they order, I pay for it." And they tell me the price. I walk away. I go home. I just disappear out of the restaurant, and you try to pay. And they're going, you know what they're going to tell you? It's been paid. And you go, oh, but I want to pay, ma'am. sir, whatever you, it's paid for. It's the same thing with salvation. It's been paid for. That's right. Jesus said it is finished. It is complete. Amen. That's God's love. Yep. That's right. No one is so sinful, neither wicked or evil, that could not get this free gift. The gift of salvation is available to all who ask and, and free to all of it. Look, look it. says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace i.e. saved, through faith, is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And look what it says. I mean, we don't finish it. And the verse line says, not of works, at least any man should boast about. Right. It's God's free gift to whosoever will. Uh-huh. Folks, salvation is available to every human being. Amen. You know, the problem is, is not that God is so small that cannot save people. is that people don't want nothing to do with God. You know, it's amazing when, when big uh, calamities happen and disasters and every big, you know, it, it's amazing how people run to God. But they run to God because they're afraid. That's the only thing. When things get settled, they go back to their old ways again. And people say, oh, they all got saved. Uh, really? Did it really got saved? Listen, folks, in Rhode Island, they usually say, if it's free, it's what? For me. Do you really believe that? You know how many times we outside there asking, telling people we have free stuff and they look at you like, you know, they don't believe you. I'm like it's free. I thought <laughs> we knew the thing real life is free it's for me. I <laughs> so I don't know how true this statement is because God offers a free gift of salvation, and thousands upon thousands of people in this in this state or in this world reject the gifts. You notice that? If God offers a free gift. And people say to God. You keep it. I don't want it. Isn't that sad? Yeah, absolutely. I remember one time. I never forget it Because it marked me. We have a, a man that came to our church. First Baptist Church. Many years ago. Oh many years ago. I was probably saved by one year or two. And the. The. Uh, this man came to the church, we were told that this man came to the church, he wanted to ask somebody in the church to go over the house and pray because his wife had stomach cancer. And this is about, how many years ago is that? 25 years ago or so. And on a Saturday morning, my wife and I, we went on visitation, and the pastor, Pastor Strickland, said to us, give us that, ad- that address to go to that house. And the husband said "You would be there. So we went to that house. We knock on the door, we knock on the door. And I, tell, I told my wife, uh, I think I thought, I remember we knocking on the door for the last time. And the lady opens the door, and I introduce myself, introduce ourselves, where we from. We try to be polite. And I could tell that she was not a happy camper. And, uh, well, her husband's supposed to be there. He said he would be there because we told them what time we were going to be there. Well, the guy was not there. So we told her, where we were, what church we come, and she said, I'm sorry. I said, I can't do I work all night. I understood. You know, she's tired. She probably, we probably woke her up. Uh, but anyway, so I told her I had a track and had a cross in the front. I don't know what the, the words in the, in the, in the track w- was say, but I remember it was a cross there. And I said, ma'am, I know you're tired. I know you have to go to sleep, and I, I, we apologized. We didn't know. But when you have a chance, could you read this thing? Well, the way I give it, I give it backwards to her. Not purposely, it just happened to be that way. And she took it, she flipped it. And when she saw that cross, she looks at me and she said, you can take it, I don't need this. To this day, I never forgot, it just touched my heart. Like, I can't somebody in that situation with stomach cancer reject a free gift of salvation, of a loving God. It was that God tried to reach to her. Yes. What did she do? She pushed God out the door and said, I don't want you. I hope she got saved. Never seen such a person anymore. Never seen her again. Never seen her husband. But to this day, I still think about it. From time to time, it comes to mind. So the Bible puts salvation in the present tense because none of us have assurance of tomorrow. Today is the appointed time the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So what is going to be for you today, my friend? Are you saved? Are you a child of God? If you are you know how much God loves you Why don't you love him back? Number three you see a plan of love almost done. a plan of love it says whosoever believe in him, friend, God is not content to see men lost in sin he's not content to watch humanity march into a endless torment in hell God declares men worthy of his love what a grace what a love when you look at John 3:16 you have to say wow God's love it is a big deal I tell you this way we're not talking about people who are friendly uh, to God here no the Bible declares the, lo- the, the lost men to be God's enemy in John chapter eight verse seven. But in spite of men's sinful condition, in spite of the fact that the natural man hates God and opposes all God, what well, God stands for, God still sees value in human life. And let me tell you, abortion. Let me tell you, people who are lost, these great potential, and God can use them in so many different ways. I gave you a story. I share this many times, but I think I I can share it tonight. Is this young lady? She was already a Christian. Very busy, loved the Lord, very busy in in her local church. She got into a major car accident. She was paralyzed from the neck down. She had some motion in her hands. You know what happened to her? She went to a wheelchair. You know what she did for the rest of her days? She used to go to the phone, and for hours and hours, she used to go to the phone book and call people and tell them about Jesus. She didn't let that accident shape her life. She continued serving the Lord and even in her condition. She understood how much God loved her. Do you ever realize there are people that could kill less if, if you die or live? Did you ever realize that even though there are many people who don't give a hoop about you at all in this world. In other words, you, th- you to them is not, not important at all. You see, people may feel that way about you, but God doesn't. You might think, sorry, I have nobody that loves me. You know, nobody cares about me. You know what? God loves you. Let's look at this in letter A. A involves belief. Yes, God's plan of salvation is written all over the Bible, but it involves you to believe in what God did. For, for example, John three sixteen clearly teaches this concept that whosoever will believe on him. How significant, how relevant is God's plan for you. If you don't believe it, then at all. Some people, don't matter what you tell them, they choose not to believe. They choose to reject. It don't matter how much you try to tell them. Listen, did God fail? God did not fail. When somebody rejects the love of God, rejects when God tried to reach to them, did God fail? No. It's man that said to God, I don't want you. God does not fail. God makes everything perfect. Let it be, involves a person. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. People say, we can go to heaven no matter we just, as long as you, good person, have good intentions. And the Bible says, whosoever, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Folks, salvation is through Jesus and Jesus alone. That's right. yeah. Jesus is the only bridge if you want to make it to heaven. There's no other way. That's why we preach why Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus, uh, uh, you know, our preaching is about Jesus every time we meet. You know, because he is our savior. He is the great Savior. He is the one we need for everyday life. Amen. He involves a person. No, you cannot go to heaven by being religious. You, cannot go, you will not go to heaven by, by doing good deeds. All these things are good. But not to take you to heaven. Right. Look what it says in John, uh, 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 John chapter 3, verse 19. And this is the commandment. That light is coming to the world and men, listen to this, love darkness rather than light, because what? Their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hated the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds shall be reproved. You see, when a person is presented with the truth of God's word, and the, the reaction is, I don't need God, for I am my own God, when they reject God. You know, so, you know, you know one thing, I don't know if you notice. We all know enough to understand that, but we, we don't think about those things. You know, the most or most crimes are committed in the darkness of night. Yep. Don't you know that? True. You know why? Because they try to cover themselves with darkness so people won't recognize them or they don't, they don't, they don't get caught. Yep. That's evil. Light and darkness have no fellowship. That's right. You want to see that? Eric, turn off all the lights. Turn off all the lights. Oh, you can see something because some lights are still on. But you, you you got the picture here, right? Light goes out, what? Darkness come in. Now turn the lights in, on. You turn the lights in, what happened to darkness? It vanished away. See, there's no fellowship. Light has no fellowship with darkness. Never will. But the Bible says they love they love darkness rather than light. You know why? Because their deeds are evil. Why people don't love, <laughs> don't love the Lord? Because their deeds are evil. They like what they do. Folks, there are people who are doing wickedness, and they love what they're doing, and they don't want to let it go. You know, everybody in my job knows that I'm a I'm a pastor. You know how wicked it is for somebody to be in front of me cursing and cursing God and say kind I looked at him and I go, Oh, I know you are pastor. You know I'm supposed to not supposed to talk like this in front of you. I was like, Well, what's the matter? Are you guilty? <laughs> you know, it, it is amazing the wickedness of the human heart. Yep. You know, people today is don't tell me what to do. I do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's the problem of our society. Don't tell me what to do. I do what I want to do. You know, I see this in the workplace. There goes a superior telling me, I need you to do this and this, and they go, talk back. It's amazing what you hear. Sin and rebellion is a problem that resides in the heart of the person. Number four, this is a promise of love. Almost done. Like it says, he that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 is often referred to as a gospel in a nutshell. It is. You can use this little verse and witness to people and tell people about God's love. Let me tell you this. Letter, number one is a trusting promise. We must trust and believe to be true. That this message is a true message. Number two, let it be, as an eternal purpo- uh, uh, purpose. I'm sorry. So if I believe it in him, should not perish, but what the Lord says, have everlasting life. You see, God is trustworthy in what he, he promised, uh, uh, and what he promised he keeps. This eternal promise gives here, given give here in this verse, as a eternal consequences. I mean, God says, if you believe me, believe me in my word, I, and trust me, let, look what I do. I will give you eternal life. Wow. You know the problem with humanity? We live for here now. And we don't think about tomorrow. It's not by mistake that most Americans don't even have a bank account or a savings account. Why that? Why is that? Because they don't think about tomorrow. Why you have a savings account so you say for what? A raining day, right? You know, you something happens and you have money you can go get. Well, I'm not trying to get pay God's love with money here. I try to get you to understand here people don't Live for here and now. They don't think about the future. Say, oh, if I die tomorrow, what's going to happen to me? They don't think that way. But God says, if you trust me, I will give you eternal life. I conclude with this, folks. God has a message for the human race, a message of peace and love, a message that, if taken seriously by people, it has the power to change the heart of man. Folks, let me put it this way. The more I read my Bible, the more I want to read it. The more I see myself and the more I see a loving God who loves me. Amen. How many times I failed him and the next day when I read my Bible, somewhere, somehow, in that particular passage of the Bible, God is telling me, you, you, not being a good boy. <laughs> you know, you're like, in the world, you're like. can hey, see I don't see anybody else with me and you can't see the same thing is a living word is God's word. it speaks to us and those of us who are saved we understand the word of God and what it does to us. How many times you know what in times of pain and suffering we open God's word and it consoles our hearts. ever been there? I've been there many times. And you get up and you encourage, encouraged. God reminds you who you are. You are my child. I love you. That's God's love. You know what? And if we open our hearts to him and allow him to speak to us every time we look at it, he's going to give us that grace sufficient for the day because he just loves us that much. You know what he tells the Jewish people? Go get manner for today. Don't get it for tomorrow. I'm going to get just for today. Tomorrow I'll give you fresh new one. You know what God's grace and mercy on you every morning? You know what he says to you and me? You get the grace and the mercy for today, and tomorrow i give you a new one. That's a God of love, folks. I mean, you know what? I tried to explain a human word so you can grab it. I tell you what, that's a God that loves you and me. He said, Pastor, but I've done this and this and You know what? In spite of that, God forgives you, and God loves you. Uh You know what? We humans, we have a tendency to hold a grudge about someone that hurt us. And we say, I forgive you, and that grudge keeps coming up. The question is, did you forgive? You know when God forgives, he chooses to forget doesn't mean he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't remember anymore. He, sa- he doesn't bring it up to you and say, You remember that day? No. That's a loving God. May we love like God does. Or try to love that way. Amen. Because it is a love. It is a holy love. It's not a selfish love. It's a love that calls us to love others the same way. God says we have to love that way. May we love the way God does. May we understand how much we are loved by Him i cannot comprehend folks but i one thing i can tell you and i just close with this god loves you god loves me let's pray heavily father thank you lord so much for your love lord we don't even understand or comprehend in our human human reason how deep and how wide and how profound is this love but lord we know we are loved and He's good enough for us, Lord. Remind us every day that You give us mercy and grace for each day because You love us. And Lord, may we live on that grace and mercy. Look, like the children of Israel, they had manna for one day and they had to learn to trust You to give them provision for the next day. May we believe that, Lord, in our own lives, that You would provide for us each day with grace, with mercy.